There we go. You ready, Shay? I'm ready. All right. I'm going to do the intro, and then we'll get started. Mm-hmm. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Snobcast. Once again, your boy, William, here with his much smarter co-host, Shay Smart. Hey, how are you doing, my guy? It's all good. It's all good. This particular episode is one that I am, of course, quite excited about. We're talking about the, my guy, the, my favorite director, working today, Mr. Spike Jones. Can we get a, cla- a, 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 a clap round of applause for Spike Jones, the man? Hey, our there guy. All right. <laughs> this, guy just, this guy is known for making some movies that are very off the cuff, very, uh, very different from anything else that you, you're going to see in the cinematic experience. And, I mean, when you look through his, you know, filmography, there's a lot of different stuff there. Uh, why don't we go ahead and begin at the beginning? What do you think about that, Shay? Um, Most definitely. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's talk about first his the fact that he was primarily known, especially in the 90s, as a music video director. Mm-hmm. Well, before that even, um, I know he got his start as a photographer for – Sports, so BMX riders and skateboarding. I think that's where he really got his start was in documentary filmmaking um, around skateboarders. And then he just started, he was like all over the place in the music scene all of a sudden, definitely in the 90s, with uh, acts like Notorious B.I.G. and Beastie Boys, Bat Boy Slim, Sonic Youth, Weezer, Bjork, The Breeders. Uh, Luscious Jackson, just like pretty much everyone who was like relevant in the 90s. I'm glad you mentioned that because his first like two things uh, that he ever did, one was a skateboarding video in 91 and then he did uh, his first one and then he also did a Sonic Youth video called 100%. Yeah. I love that video. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so he's done a lot. He did the Chainsaw Kittens. He did the Can't Breeders Cannonball video, their Divine mm-hmm. Hammer video. He did. He worked with Teenage Fan Club, of course. That's a good one. Yeah. I didn't what know he your, worked with that. What X. are your favorite music videos that he's done? Oh, Buddy Holly's like the best one. Yeah. Buddy Holly's a good one. Yeah. Sabotage is like good, Like the whole too. sitcom. Huh? Yeah. Sabotage is also good from the Beastie Boys. I love Sabotage. I always get chilled when I see it. It's it's really good. It's really it's good. It's so cute. Yeah, it, it is cute. I think that's the right word. Oh, and it's oh, it's also quiet by Bjork. I yeah. It's one of the only like times where I'm like, I like this Bjork song, and it was it's a great video to go with it. Why does everyone hate on Bjork? I don't hate Bjork. I just find Bjork <laughs> too weird for my taste. Ah, uh, too avant-garde. Yeah, yeah that's a good thing. music video though. It's like the perfect. I think. Oh, so quiet is definitely at the top of my list because it's just the perfect uh, music video, in my opinion. And that's actually um, part of what got her the role for Dance in the Dark, which would come, I think, two, three, year la- three years later. Yeah, that's uh, well, no, because it's also quiet from like '95 and. Um, oh shit. Yeah, and. Uh, so it was like more like. Dance in the Dark is five. Is uh, five years after it's two thousand, so yeah, okay, so a little bit later, a little bit later, but yeah, you know, otherwise it's a good, it's a great video. Uh, I personally like it. Um, when we're talking about his movies, though, his first movie is a Charlie Kaufman written, which is ironic because today sees the reveal of the trailer of Charlie Kaufman's new directorial <gasps> effort. Oh, really? 
Did you not know about this? No, I didn't. I didn't even know he was like, I didn't know he was making anything. I don't know. All right, so we're going to start with this. Uh, Charlie Kaufman has a new movie that he's directing coming out based on a book. The, the film is called, um, I think I need to end it, I believe is what it's called. Okay. I didn't look it up. Jesus Christ. Now I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking of no. anything. That's what it's called. I'm thinking of I'm anything. thinking. That sounds familiar of ending things. Yeah, it's and stars, it just dropped today. Uh, Jesse Buckley, Tony Collette, Jesse oh. Clemens, or what's his name? That's his name. Interesting. And uh, it's, it just looks good. And, of course, Charlie Kaufman wrote my favorite movie of all time, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. Um, it's by Michelle Gondry. But he also wrote this film that came out in 1999. It's one of the best movies of that year, and that's a really good year for movies. Being John Malkovich. Oh, yeah. As and a, that's directed I by Jones. It is a great one. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, well, first of all, it's an amazing debut, obviously. And, um, I don't know, like, just watching Being John Malkovich, if you have no idea who Spike Jones even is, it's a good place to start, but it's also a really bad place to start because it's really out there and it's not super accessible to mainstream audiences, but I find it really fascinating. Um, you see all the kind of like Kaufman-esque like strewn about like all these really weird themes about existentialism and like being in your body and dysphoria and just all this really weird stuff. But I think it reads more of a surreal comedy than anything. You're totally um, right there about the existentialism. It's pretty prevalent in all of his movies, including his directorial debut, Anomalisa, which is yeah. literally all existentialism. Wasn't no Anomalisa wasn't Kaufman's directorial debut. It was yes. Wasn't it? What I thought it was no. Synecdoche. Oh, you're right, Synecdoche. I totally ah! forgot about that. I forgot about Synecdoche or whatever. Synecdoche. Uh, that's that's how it looks when you look at it. It's not Synecdoche. Yeah. Synecdoche is another amazing one, which uh, Spike was also a part of. I think he yeah. helped produce it. Yeah. I, I, it's funny, though, because I always get that and Dogville mixed up, and they're totally different movies. Really? Yeah. I kind of see the connection, though, because they're both, like, movies weird. kind of... They're both definitely weird, but they're also, like, very kind of meta um, in reference to, I guess, performance and theatrics and then take yeah. it into a more surreal, realistic con- context. I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. It's la- It's layers. It's deep. <laughs> it's just the way that it is. It's like, um, it's like um, whenever you watch anything that he's involved in, there's always that sort of... And, and, and I like that you mentioned body dysmorphia because that's also another theme in Anomalisa, too. Yeah. Like, um, I actually recently watched Being John Malkovich after never seeing it before and I I watched Anomalisa way before I saw Being John Malkovich and I I definitely saw a lot of inspiration being taken from Being John Malkovich because you have the whole thing where a lot of it is centered around the pain and the awkwardness around relationships and how people how we kind of use each other in a more kind of cynical reality I don't know. It, and the whole, like, um, kind of object, objectification of people. Like, um, in being John Malkovich with the, uh, the ventriloquism, like the dummies and stuff. 
how uh, John Cusack's character kind of used the dolls to recreate his fantasies. And then that ends up manifesting into the whole Malkovich situation and then Anomalisa with the whole concept of it all being stop motion animation, even though it absolutely doesn't need to be. Yeah, Uh, it doesn't need to be at all. Yeah, but it's still, at the same time, it it needed to be because, like, if you haven't watched Anomalisa, like, immediately you notice, you know, you've got, um, well, you've got the protagonist, and he looks like himself, but then every other character in the background, or even, I don't know, like his wife, they all have the the same exact voice, they have the same exact face. David Sellers' voice. Huh? It's David Sellers' voice. Oh, it's all his same voice? I'm sorry, no, they're all Tom Noonan's voice, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. okay. David I know David Gillis is the uh, protagonist, and I love his voice. Yeah, they all have Tom Noonan's voice. So weird. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then except for that one character, right? Yeah, uh, Anomalisa herself is the the only like different looking person, which is I don't know. From I think his name was Michael, the protagonist in Anomalisa. It is. Yeah. And it it's not only like how he felt, but also kind of strictly how he got to see other people in his middle age life. I know it's kind of deviating from the whole Spike Jones conversation, but uh, continuing on that, I can definitely see where they pull like inspiration from each other. Most definitely. I think Spike Jones's best works were the ones where he collaborated with Charlie Kaufman, frankly. I would, Oh, I'm going to disagree with you and I'll get into I know you are. <laughs> I'll get into why when we get to that point in his career, but right now we're at 1999 and we're at the brilliance of uh, being John Malkovich, which if you guys have not seen this movie, it is about a a man who finds a portal into the mind of John Malkovich on the New Jersey Turnpike. Yeah. That man is played by John Cusack. Yeah. Other than that, it's like really kind of hard to explain because it's just kind of, I don't know. It's not random because all the pieces are there. But, like, looking at it with no context or whatever, like, without the story, just the, I don't know, the elements by themselves, it's just, like, you have his wife who wants a baby, and she's, like, kind of distant, and she's got all these animals and a chimpanzee in their tiny apartment, and then you've also got Catherine Keener, who likes to sleep around, and she's kind of, like, um, not an adrenaline junkie, but she's just one of those people who's always looking for new experiences I think she's missing a connection honestly that, that, that's not how I read that I read that as her wanting a connection with a human being but not being able to find the right one you think so I think she was very distant she was just like I don't really need to be with anybody like I, she just I feel like that's all was... defense mechanisms you know what I mean I guess I could see that I don't know like hers was kind of a vague like kind of hard to read character too because like I don't know. We can't get into spoilers. I don't know if we'd want to do yeah. that, but no, no. things happen in the movie to where, like, she, like, more about her character is definitely revealed in a personal sense, but um, it's still very, like, I don't know. It's just kind of a disorienting experience. Are we going to talk about the? Uh, are we going to talk about the career best performance from Cameron Diaz? Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, she's fantastic she's so in good. it. Like, I'm not usually, like, a huge follower of her work. I think she's a good actress, but in that movie, she was a great actress. 
Like, I don't find her to be know. particularly good, and I think she's fantastic <laughs> in this. Yeah. She's like, she, I don't know. I think she's my favorite character in that movie, other than John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think John like, Malkovich is just unhinged, and it's amazing. Yeah. Like, he's, I don't know, it's so funny because they portray him, or he portrays himself, I don't know, as, like, someone who's just, like, kind of quiet and just, like, kind of a normal kind of regular Joe Schmo going with John Malkovich. And then everyone is just like, oh, my God, it's John Malkovich. I want to be in your brain and use your body and blah, blah, blah. I think that, I don't know, I think that contrast is really funny. It really is funny. I think I think you're totally right on that. It is pretty funny. Um yeah. After this amazing film, he went on to do uh, Fat Boy Slim's Praise You video, and he's actually in the video himself. Oh. He's the lead dancer in it, yeah. Oh, shit. I need to see that. It's amazing. The the song's great, but basically the video stems around a fictional dance group called the Torrance Community Dance Group who do an improv dance to the song Praise You by Fat Boy Slim. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny. (laughs) <laughs> then we got the uh, Weezer Islands in the Sun video, Tenacious D Wonder Boy, and then Fat Boy Slim's Weapon of Choice. <laughs> that is an amazing video. Have you seen it yet? Finally? Oh, yeah, I have. No, you okay. showed it to me. It was, like, it was yeah. like all the way back in Sundance. Yeah, back in January. Yeah, that video is amazing. I love it. It's, it's so good. Christopher Walken is in it. Christopher Walken. Who don't know. Christopher Walken he, dancing. He go. He goes bananas. He's going bananas in a hotel lobby. <laughs> it's so cute. It's I wonder what so Christopher good. Walken is doing now. Probably just I being cool. Seen him in a second. No. Two thousand two, big year. Uh, Lee, uh, he did a commercial for Levi's, a Beck video, a pavement video, two Bjork videos, and then. Mm. At the end of the year, he did the film that really put him on the map as a director, Adaptation. Mm-hmm. Ah. Ad- okay, so Adaptation is my favorite movie of his period. It was actually the first movie I think I, oh, no, that was another one. But it was the second movie that I ever saw of his. And uh, I had no idea he directed it. Um, but Nicholas Cage so in good. it. Uh, Nicholas Cage plays... Uh, Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. Times two. <laughs> times two. For some reason. And I think Adaptation is one of the most brilliant movies of all time, at least of this century. Um, and I think it really put, like, existentialist kind of meta filmmaking on the map. I always find myself coming back to it because it's such a fucking crazy movie. Like, structurally and in its elements, um, the characters are really fucking weird. They're just, like, I know, it's it's kind of, like, watching Adaptation is, like, it's, like, the foreshadowing of Tiger King, in a way. Yeah. That's what it kind of makes me think of now. It's just, like, it's about, I don't know, it's about reality and fiction, and it's about, you know... The, the attempt of trying to make an adaptation, it's literally about Charlie Kaufman's effort to try and um, adapt a book by, uh, what's her name, Susan Orleans. Susan Orleans. Susan Orleans, the architect. Yeah. And he just wanted to make uh, a movie about flowers. 
or orchids is a is a thing because that's what her book her book was about. But then it's also about him struggling as a writer, as a screenwriter within the industry, struggling with his own image and masculinity and sexuality. And then he's also dealing with his twin, which they also like funnily enough dealing with the whole meta thing. They even included it in the credits. They credited the twin, I think. Like they said, um, oh yeah, at the end of the movie, they credited um, both uh, Charlie Kaufman and then his twin. I forget the twin's name, but the other oh, Kaufman. Donald. Yeah, Donald. They cited them both as writers, which really yeah, confused me. That goes into my next point because this this thing was nominated for all the awards, four Academy Awards, including a win for Chris Cooper for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a nomination for Best Actor for Nicolas Cage, which he probably should have won. Best Actress yeah. in a Supporting Role for Meryl Streep. And, of course, Best Adapted Screenplay for Charlie Kaufman twice. <laughs> for tw- twice? It says Charlie Kaufman and Charlie Kaufman, yes. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> it, was nominated, it was nominated for five Golden Globes, four Baptists, a Partridge, and a Pear Tree. AFI also named it the Best Film of 2003. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think anyone can argue that really. If I don't know, that's incredible. It, yeah, you you know what it is. It is incredible. It's like how do how does a movie like this exist? I remember when I first saw it, I was 12 years old, and my little tiny brain was like mind fucked. I was blown. I couldn't stop thinking about it for a week, and I didn't even know if I liked it or not. But I was trying to understand you know, what it was doing and what it does are just like, it just does so many clever things, so many clever and crazy things that only Charlie Kaufman and Spike Jones could have delivered together. Maybe Michelle Gondry. Michelle Gondry could have done it, yeah. Yeah, but no matter what, Charlie Kaufman had to be involved in it somehow. I think even, well, I mean, of course, Spike directed it and it was his delivery and vision that brought it to life and everything. And he brought his humor and humanity to it and the stark awkwardness of the characters and their relationships. He's really great at that. I'm pretty sure that's in every single movie he's ever made. It's just awkwardness and relationships and sex and True. all that. Yeah. It's just, True. It, yeah. It's just like, if you haven't seen adaptation yet, don't look up any trailers. Don't look up, you know, anything. Don't spoil it for yourself. Just got to let it wash over you. <laughs> After that, um, he had a very light year in 03. He only did a girl, uh, a, video, a compilation video for Girl Skateboards and a Phantom Planet video, along with some compilations coming out that had his stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Then 04, he did Why Control by the AAS, which is a great song. Yeah. Him and Karen O actually dated for a time. Which they did. I'm jealous. Mind. <laughs> well, they ended up breaking up. So I don't care. I'm jealous. Like, <laughs> fair enough. I'm jealous completely. Oh five, <laughs> Bjork and the Medulla videos came out. Oh, Medulla's a great album. Yeah, it's really it's really hard to get into though because it's literally all Weird Icelandic shit. acapella and like <laughs> it's interesting. Listen, I, to can't, it. Do it. I can't do it. <laughs> Oh seven, like, <laughs> I can't do it, man. I tried. I tried. It's hard. I will. Yeah, it's not a very 
conventional album, not even to listen to. It's not really no. something I, I I listen to it on my daily like whatever, but it's definitely a mood. So if you guys need to know how weird she, uh, she really is. That's oh, that's just the surface level, dude. Oh <laughs> <laughs> seven, he did a, a video for Lakai Skateboards. And then in 08, he worked with Kanye West for the first time to do this flashing lights video. Oh, Which is weird. That was the one though. with the little Muppet, right? Yeah, no. Um, I think so. I have no idea. Yeah. I never finished that one because I was just, I don't know, I was just never too into Kanye West. I yeah. still am not because it, I don't know. He's good. I just, like, haven't dealt through his uh, discography. So I'm just like, oh, I'll save it for later. <laughs> oh nine. Oh nine. He did a, a short film called "We Were One a Fairy Tale," which also is a Kanye West thing. It's a short film that he did with Kanye. No, wasn't that the one with the puppet? That might have been the one with the puppet. No, I think that was the one with the puppet. Yeah. I, I just wanted to watch it for the puppet. <laughs> it's fourteen minutes long. Um, yeah. There is a documentary that he did too, a thirty-nine minute like short that he did about Marie Sandek. And that leads me into his next motion oh. picture that is in 2009 as well. And that is Where the Wild Things Are. Ah. I love Which is a great movie. movie. I love this movie. It's uh, so good. It, it is. Um, not, not as many awards as his previous film, which but it took him seven years yeah. to do another feature. It um, actually got well, really mixed reviews when it came out. because Yeah, um, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, because, you know, it's... It's Where the Wild Things Are, which is, uh, uh, like, a property directed towards children, right? It is. When it's people, a great children's book. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be around forever. But when people saw it in theaters, apparently what happened was um, it went the dark crystal route, and apparently <laughs> the Karens said it was too scary. It was too Good. edgy for to be a, a kid's movie. So last I checked, it, I think it had a, this was a while ago, but last I checked, I think it had like a 69 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's insane to me because it's so good. Yeah, especially that if was, you're like, I don't know, especially if you're not like familiar with Spike Jones and like what his kind of, uh, I don't know, method as a director is and what, his voice is like it might be kind of jarring for people who are unfamiliar with that and just want to see some kitty bullshit. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm this about to go off on a tangent here. On this do it, do it because it pissed me off. I saw this movie in October of not 2009 when it came out. I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I literally was counting down the days till the the DVD at the time came out because I bought that too. I still have it right here in front of me. I love the Blu-ray too. And um, I love the cast. Max Records is great as Max. Cassie mm-hmm. Keith as Mom. Uh, James Gandolfini as the lead Wild Thing. Carol. Yeah. Lauren Ambrose as K-Dub is great. I love Chris Cooper in this. I love Catherine O'Hara in this. I love Forrest Whitaker in this. And Paul Dano is also great. Everything is great. Carter Burwell's score is perfect. Karen mm-hmm. Oak. Helping Carter Burwell make that score is perfect. All, yeah. All His Love is an amazing t- uh, track from that movie. I I love this movie. I, I uh, yeah, I think yeah, I, that's how you know 
you met a real one is when someone goes gaga over world the wild things are i uh i have my blu-ray still and i also have the soundtrack with Karen and the kids not the carter burwell one unfortunately although i really really want it but it's on, it's on apple music you can just listen to it whenever you want yeah that's true but like guess how old i was when this movie came out oh i know how old you were you were nine years old i was nine years old i was the age to see this movie I was the same age as Max, um, or what Max was supposed to be. You know, I was nine years old, came out in 2009. I remember seeing the trailer for the first time in theaters and seeing um, just like, well, first you hear the quiet and you hear like these big footsteps. And then you see Max look up and you, you see him see the horn of, um, of Carol, Carol's monster horn. And I immediately knew what it was. I was like, oh, my God, is this where all the wild things are? And then um, they played Arcade Fire over the trailer. I think it's called Wake Up. It is called Wake Up. That is the yeah. exact one. It's such a good trailer. Oh, Holy my shit. God. And I just got chills all over my little child body. I've never it, experienced that before. It's such a great trailer. It really is. Yeah. And immediately I knew I had to see this weird looking creepy looking amazing adorable looking movie and when i did see it i watched it with my family and like all of us were in tears at the end of it it's so beautiful at the first watch yeah it's just it's a really incredible statement on childhood like childhood and just like all the conflicting things you have to go through and just kind of your formative years and the turmoil and the motion it's all like personified with the monsters which See, is absolutely I agree. genius yeah one of the other themes that i think it does well is it shows the world that when you're a kid everything seems big all problems yeah. are big and big and smaller large to you um and that you're you know and, and one of my favorite things is when she comes back and when he comes back and he his mom grabs him and hugs him and she says i'll eat you up i love you so and it's just oh yeah. Every time. And, oh, Every it's so time. beautiful. Just like everything about it is perfect, and it's a really it's a really short movie. I don't know yeah, if it's, it's like long. yeah, like the duration. I don't really care whether or not the duration is long, but it feels like a short movie because so much happens, kind of all at once, and then all of a sudden it's over, and you're like, you go to so many places and you go through so many emotions watching that movie, and. Like, as you said, the score is perfect. Um, Jones and uh, Carter Bur- Burwell have consistently collaborated up until this point, I think. Yes. Um, and he created a, an amazing score. I actually wa- I rewatched it not too long ago, too, to show it to Lynn and my boyfriend. And it still goes up. Like, all the special effects and shit. Like yeah, that's the- good you really get the feel that these monsters are huge, but they're also like plush or something and gravity doesn't quite work the same on their island. And it's just like, it's so magical. It's such it's a, it's just at a 73%. So it is officially fresh. Officially. Um, as uh, it thanks. should effing be. This yeah. Is not a question. Rotten Tomatoes. Bunch of assholes. What even is Rotten Tomatoes? I don't you trust know, Rotten Tomatoes. I understand because they know what they're doing, but 
you know. Some of them. Fuck it. <laughs> to a point. Like, I, I always trust the audience score, but it's I always don't. interesting to see, like, the contrast between the critic score and the audience score. I think that's always really interesting. I don't trust the audience score because I've seen some of those audiences. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to, like, big movies like Marvel movies and shit, you know that they're already going to be positive. Unless Which is why like, I don't trust them. Uh, what is it? Captain Marvel? Like, oh, I hate Alison Brie now. I didn't I hate that movie it. because of her. I just like the movie because it's boring. I actually thought it was not that bad, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> so I just checked all the Rotten Tomato scores so far for his three features. We have a 93 for Malkovich, a 91 mm-hmm. for Adaptation, and a 73 <gasps> for Where the Wild Things Are. So we are How fresh How is adaptation way. lower than John Malkovich, though? Uh, maybe it's the fresh look. I, I don't know. That is astounding. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> but after 09, he did a short, the short film uh, called I'm Here. He did a lot of shorts in 2010. Yeah. Um, I'm, here I'm Here was actually an ad for some sort of, wasn't it like some sort of liquor? I think it might have been, yeah. Um, yeah. It it looks like it was. It's the guy with a box on his head. Yeah, no, they're the robots. Yeah. Oh, is it a have robot? Have you not seen okay. it? Have you not seen I've it? I've seen it. I've seen it. Oh, okay. I just don't remember what it's for. The Vampire yeah. Attack looks like another ad here. With Max recording records in it. Again. Oh. LCD Sound Systems, Drawn Girls video, and then, of course, the Arcade Fire video for the Suburbs. Which yeah. People don't know about this album. The Arcade Fire Suburbs is won the Grammy for Record of the Year that year, Album of the Year that year, and it's a great album by the Arcade Fire. Yeah, it's a really solid album. Man, it that really was 2010. Yeah. Damn, that was 10 years ago, dude. Yep. How is that so long ago already? <laughs> I don't know. Damn, I remember listening, like listening to the Suburbs and checking out the music video. On iTunes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like, oh, I don't even is... use iTunes anymore. <laughs> Nobody does. Uh, yeah. I use Apple Music. It's called Apple Music now. They don't have iTunes anymore. Ugh, uh, I just use YouTube. Cause 11. It's free. So, a compilation of Beastie Boys videos, which he was on, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. To Die By Your Side, a short that he did. Um, and then, of course, the Jay-Z and Kanye West video for Otis. Mm-hmm. 2012, he just did one thing called Pretty Sweet, which is a skate video. Mm-hmm. And let's get into the big one. 2013. The big one. He did a Choose You short film, Arcade Fire's Afterlife live version, and then a Lady Gaga ver- uh, live version of Dope. Mm. But then at the end of the year, a movie came out that changed everything. He wrote and directed 2013's Her. Yep. And won an Academy fucking award. For screenplay, right? won an Academy award! For screenplay. <laughs> and did he deserve it? Ab-so-effin-lutely. What a goddamn movie this is, her. Mm-hmm. 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, so we're still fresh. And hey. it's the highest rated film. Nice. This one sees a very lonely man named Theodore Twombly, who is divorced. Uh, put a new OS on his computer uh, by the name of Samantha. They begin a relationship with one another uh, based solely on the experiences that they get from each other. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful film that discusses love 
and being and existentialism and depression and unhappiness with oneself. Yeah. It and also speaks a lot on um, technology, too, and artificial yeah. intelligence in general and what direction that could go, which is also yeah, fascinating. I think one of the other cool themes about it is um, the necessity of touch to a relationship. Interesting. Because Samantha, at, so at a certain point in the movie, says that she wants to touch him, to feel him, to know what he is as a person, to know what he feels like. Yeah. But she can't because she's AI. And she's a, oh, an OS. Um, yeah. This one also has a song in it from Karen O. Karen O. It's the Moon Song with Ezra Koenig from the Amazing Vampire Weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, Arcade Fire did the score for this one. Yeah. Oh, what was it? Song on the Beach. Da, 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 da. I don't really like the Moon Song. Yeah, I still sing the moon song. I still listen to it every day. I'm learning the ukulele, and that's the one song I want to play on it. Yeah, oh my god, (laughs) I'd love to hear that. That's another thing that, I mean, anyone listening, anyone who has observed even an inkling, even a shred of Spike Jones's career, is he's such an amazing and positive collaborator. Um, and yeah. he, his talent has bled into so many other like artistries, um, which we're going to get into even more, but he's, he's done a lot with music, obviously, um, sports and the whole aesthetic of that, like skateboarding and stuff, which is awesome. Um, kind of similar to like Harmony Kareen in that respect. Um, and then he's also done Jackass, which is great. He's also we're gonna done get into acting that. too. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Yes. Yes, we will. <laughs> One of the things that I think is underrated about her is the cinematography by Hoyt von Hoytma. I love the cinematography. It's such a beautiful film, and Hoyt okay. didn't really gain a lot of attention until interst- he started working with Nolan. What? Okay, so describe the cinematography of her in one word. Dreamy. I would say Intimate. There's a dreamy really, to it. Like a, a dreamy intimacy. It has like this really convey. It's like very warm and very close, and there's a lot of bokeh. There's a lot of. There's so um, much bokeh. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot focuses. of pinks and browns, though. That's what I think you mean. Hmm? There's a lot of pinks and browns in the movie. Yeah, pinks, browns, but also kind of like pastel, very modern, contemporary kind of colors going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's a very interesting look, especially when, because what they're implying also is that this is in kind of the near future. In L.A., yep. Yeah, it's not like, it's not quite, you know, on the on the map to being cyberpunk, but it's kind of heading in that direction almost, especially with the, uh, the operating systems. Yeah. And I don't know, personally, I think what I got the most out of that movie, because I wasn't. I watched it a while ago, too, so I, I had kind of marked off, like, relationships at the time as well. So I, don't, I, I think in that respect it also didn't hit me as hard because I didn't have that reference yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it for me also comes from, like, the philosophy of, like, what is living and what is feeling and what is intimacy, especially from the perspective of someone who doesn't have a, a human body. 
and in that it's also like it it pulls a lot from uh, being John Malkovich is kind of what I felt in how relationships can be so stilted and so awkward and you have no idea how you're going to navigate and sometimes they don't work but they do you know they're not supposed to work but it ends up happening anyway and um, psych is really good at conveying that in like juggling all these like really human um, emotions and obstacles no matter how small and petty they are it could be anything from you know being lonely to being like really insecure within your body and he's able to deliver that so subtly it's like in your subconscious while you're watching it i think that's one of the things that is prevalent with music video directors in general just this understanding of humanity and and and, and being able to relate to the emotions of their material mm-hmm. the music is a very emotional medium you know and if yeah. you can relate to it, on, I mean, think about it. Some of his movies, his videos are goofy, but they fit so well, and they are so iconic because they fit so well. Yeah, there's like a, you know? there's like a humble. I mean, if you, when when you like watch Spike being himself, he's just kind of like, he's not your usual image for a director. I would think like not at all. He's very, I wouldn't very... want to compare him to other people, but he's kind of like he's kind of a a standout guy in that he's he's like more quiet and more reserved and he's like I said he's more of a collaborator than a dictator at least on how he presents himself and how that kind of translates into his his films I think if Steven Spielberg is a classical orchestra Spike Jones is a lo-fi beat yes you should put that on a pillow (laughs) (laughs) Spike Jones is a lo-fi beat (laughs) <laughs> now, that is so true, though. To your earlier point, he did some acting. He actually has a role in her. Yes, I know who. And he plays it's one of the amazing. coolest characters in the movie, the alien child that <laughs> Theodore older. plays the video game of. A little bastard. Yeah. <laughs> he, always, he always plays, like, not always, but, like, in his movies, sometimes he plays, like, these kind of, like, I don't know, these tiny, like, weird little parts, like, in Where the Wild Things Are, he played Bob and Terry. Yes, he did. He played Bob and Terry. Who are the owls, and it's literally yeah. just, like, they're squawking. And that's, that's Spike Jones. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, because he actually had two other acting roles that year, and two other really good movies that came out that year, in 2013. Along with her, he was, he was in an uncredited role in The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, Yeah. And, of course, he plays Gloria, Grandma, in Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa. 2.0. And point five, And point five, Which came out the next yeah. year. Yeah. He I wish they kept so her in that good. original version. He is. Like, he could very well just be an actor and just do that. He's hilarious. He really is. It's yeah. sad, though, that he hasn't really done anything except for a TV special, and he was on Girls for an episode, which... I'm sorry that he oh. had to I'm sorry he had to deal with Dunham. <laughs> I haven't seen girls. I don't know. It's... Yeah. <laughs> no? Yeah. I heard such hype from it when it came out. Yeah, well... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. I mean, the only thing it gave us was Adam Driver, which I'm thankful for. Yeah. 
Oh, that's the main thing I always heard about girls was just Adam Driver. That's called drink the water. <laughs> uh, he's done so much now, Adam Driver, that like I forget that he was even on Girls. I think Girls was like what brought him <laughs> the notoriety. Yeah. And then he he ended up in like Star Wars and working with Jim Jarmusch and Jim yeah, Jarmusch. Yeah, that's Jim Jarmusch movie. I'm realizing. Actually. Yeah. I still need to see that too. You'll you'll like it. It's really good. Yeah. I did. I really like the business guy. Jim Jarmusch, I think, is also one of those directors who really improves the more he works. I think Dead Man's still one of his best, and it's like one of his first. So. Yeah. And then what did, came after her? After that, after her, he did a Kanye West video with Paul McCartney for only one. He did a, a ad for Kenzo World Perfume. Which is amazing. It's a great ad. It, it um, I think, I forget Margaret who Powell. the choreographer is. Is it Ryan? I think it might be Ryan Heffington, who's one of my favorite dance choreographers of all time. He did, you know, pretty, pretty he choreographs pretty much every, like, big mu- music video. Um, the CM music videos put him on the map. But um, do you, did he do you do remember those? the actresses? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it's Margaret right. Qualley who's in it. Margaret Qualley, yeah. At first I was like, Mackenzie Davis? No, that's no. the same dude as Harrow. No, McQu- Margaret Qualley really was in three movies last year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad that we missed um, Olivia Wilde's short at Sunday, yeah. too. Yeah, that was that was. Um, that, I and heard, like I heard Margaret Qualley is in. Yeah. Very good things. Oh, yeah, she um, was in Once Upon a Time, too. Once Upon yeah, a Time you know, in America. Yeah. You know what? Uh, who the the cinematographer was for that Kenzo World commercial? No. Hoytban Hoytma. Hey, and it's like such great cinematography. It it's is. such a fun it little is. short. I don't even care that it's a perfume commercial. It's just Margaret Qualley like being at a rich place, feeling like she does a fitting, crying, and then she dances her heart out, and it's so great. Oh, and it, it was like it looks like it was really complex filmmaking because the where they filmed at like there were mirrors everywhere yeah yeah i i personally i liked it i thought it was really really good i really liked it um i thought it was a cool commercial um his next thing that he did he he took two years off and then he he didn't do anything till 2018 he did the welcome home short with fk twigs for that apple used for their home pod my girl i love that yeah i know you i know you like i know you like uh fk twigs I love her. Oh, my queen. She died. She died. Her music's pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. You, you showed me a few of her stuff, uh, songs, and I'm like, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right with it. Um, yeah. He's, he's mainly doing commercials, though, because then he's got a Squarespace commercial uh, that he yeah. did in 2019 with Idris Elba. I feel like I saw that one, but I was just like, I feel like it was one of those like weird, creepy commercials. <laughs> it probably was. I don't know. I think um, it just came on randomly. Like it, yeah. it comes on randomly in theaters, and I was just like, "What am I watching?" He did a Nz Sanzari TV special for Netflix mm-hmm. in 2019 as well, and then this year he did the Beastie Boys story, which is an interesting. He did something really interesting with that because I've seen it now, the Beastie mm-hmm. Boys story. Um, he has the two living Beastie Boys on stage and they're just telling stories about where they came from, how they got there and all that. And 
it's in front of a live audience. Wow. It's really weirdly done. Um, but also, it, it sort of just works. It, it, it is cool if you're into the Beastie Boys, too. It's really, really cool little experience. Yeah. I do need to watch it, but it's I, on if Landon was here, I'd put him on because he, he's the one who saw it. Yeah, it's Apple TV+. Plus. It's it's not bad. Um, if you had to pick, what is your favorite thing that Jones has ever done and why? Um, <sighs> that's hard. That is, oh. We didn't Can even I mention like... that he's in Three Kings, by the way. Oh, yeah. A tiny role. Yeah. It's so random. Yeah. I don't know. Can I, like, choose a thing from each kind of like like a movie you and then a music video one now you can do one video and one of his films. okay all right that makes okay that makes it easier um so for feature films definitely definitely adaptation for me because it just had such a an incredible impact on how i think about movies and structures and i just love to think about it just like oh my god that the, the performances and the duality of everything and how the music is used. I listen to the soundtrack on a daily basis. <laughs> um, I think Fatboy Slim also did a remix, um, which is featured on the soundtrack uh, of the main theme, I think, which is really interesting. You can see his connections everywhere. But I think I would say Adaptation is my favorite. Yeah. Desert Island, I would take Adaptation with me. Um, and then favorite music video. There's so many good ones. Um, <laughs> so many good ones. I think you know what I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna pick. It's oh so quiet or something yeah, else. I have movie. to. Yeah. I have to. This is like yeah, I you're, love. You're Bjork. So. But it's not just like it's Bjork's song, but just like you you get the sense that it really is like a classical type musical scenario. Like you have all the choreography. Um, you have the spirit that Yerk brings, that Spike brings with the color and just the, the overall tone of it and the cheekiness of it. And um, Yerk was also pregnant while they were filming it, which honestly, I didn't know until I actually did research behind it. And I was like, holy shit, she was pregnant the whole time. So that's why she's like wearing a loose fitting dress and stuff. And then that yellow double. dress though, is iconic. I need it. <laughs> I need it's that dress. Iconic. That is, yeah. it is iconic. And uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just such a, a sweet music video. And then the end of it, when he's, she's like lifted on some sort of like, I don't know, crane. some sort of lift, some sort of crane. It's like a crane shot, but they keep York right dead center in the picture while everyone is behind her and wind blows was, through her hair and it's so grand. I was just going to say that I love the framing of that. You totally yeah. took the words out of my mouth. Hey, same wavelength. So yeah, um, those are my those, picks. Those are great picks, great picks. I think everybody yeah. in the existence of the world knows what my favorite piece of anything that Spike's ever done is. So when it comes to a movie, <laughs> we know what the answer is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's got to be her. It's her. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. It's just a lovely piece of cinema. So it's there's such intimacy there. There's so much feeling and emotion going into it. I feel like even Amy Adams is like performance is like 
so understated but so good. Yeah. Everyone's like, performances, actually. I really loved Olivia yeah. Wilde's very brief appearance yeah, in the right? movie. It's like then, how, um, how, like, flawed all the characters are. Yeah. yeah. Well, who is it? Uh, Rudy Mara is also really fucking good in it. Oh. Oh, yeah. I bet that's the set that she and Joaquin met, right? And ended up yeah. getting together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. How funny is that? To see? To see? There you go. That's another positive that her has going for it right there. Yeah. No. Those two together. One of the most gorgeous couples in Hollywood. They are pretty couple. I want to have a mustache as good as Theodore Twombly's mustache in Hollywood. Right? Same. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a beautiful mustache. Oh, my gosh. But have you seen that? I'm going to go here. But have you seen that one meme about Joaquin Phoenix's forehead? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Just checking. I have. It like looks like a little face, and yes. when he wrinkles his forehead, it looks like he's smiling. Yes. It's the only time you'll see him smiling in this movie. <laughs> that is true, except when he's with his Samantha friend. Oh yeah, we didn't even say ScarJo's name at all. No, she's brilliant. Um, yeah. But Kristen Wiig also has a really tiny part in it too. That's really funny. Oh, I'm trying to remember what she did. The when he when he calls the sex line. That was her. That was Kristen Wiig. Yeah. She was a sex kitten. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> you didn't know that? No. Oh yeah, not. she's sexy kitten, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, do you yeah. know Soko? The, the musical artist. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. She she also plays a tiny part in her, but I I can't find her in it. And apparently she goes uncredited. It's so random. Yeah, she plays Isabella. Because that, that's not the first time that uh, Spice works with Soko. No, I forget on what, though. To Die By Your Side. To Die By the Your short. Side? The short that he did in 2011, yeah. Really? Yeah, she's in it. I'll have to see that. You should. It's really I good. love Soko, too. If y'all don't know Soko, just listen to her, and she's also an actress, and she's really cool. So if you, if you heathens out there have never seen her, just, just fucking do it. It's on Netflix. Yeah. You can't really screw it up. <laughs> you can't screw it up. How can you screw that up? Just go guess, see the damn movie. Yeah. Go see it. It's a pleasant movie, but also not. Yeah. It's pleasant, it's not but pleasant. sad. It's just cries, tears all day. <laughs> constantly crying well, if it's I'm funny it. though because that movie is so you like I associate it with you now it's like it your me. Hallmark movie it is me it, 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 and I'm okay with that I'm okay with being notoriously known for that it's not even my favorite yeah. film of all time but it is one of them what is your favorite film of all time Eternal Sunshine of the Spot with Mine. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, am I missing something? (laughs) Yeah, no. Charlie Coffin's uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spot with Mine, directed by Michelle Gondry. Love it. Love it. Um, But in regards to my favorite music video, it's going to be Buddy Holly because it's a great song. (laughs) Mm, That's (laughs) true. And the video, which is, if you haven't seen Buddy Holly's video by Weezer, he basically puts Weezer inside the, the 70s sitcom Happy Days. Yeah. It's kind of insane. And they it's don't really even look cute. at a place. Yeah. No, they don't. It like I mean, it fits so well. It's so it's funny because they're in happy days, and what's one of the first lyrics of the song is "What's with these homies dissing my girl?" 
Why yeah. is it on the front? <laughs> Which so is like, good. that doesn't fit at all. It's like, uh, what's his name? Like, introduces them. Introduces them. He does his little stick or whatever, and it's like super, like, corny, like yeah. a sitcom set and everything. And then it gets into that live that you're well, talking about. it's not about. even a set. Jay, that's actual footage from the TV show. Is it really? Yeah. Wait, I'm confused. <laughs> that that whole scene is a scene from Happy Days. I thought they built that set. No. Wait, so what they did I was they stupid? built a set similar to it, but the yeah. actual characters moving in and out are actually from the sitcom because a lot of those people were dead. I did not realize that. Wait, I'm gonna watch it over again to like. So they they force gumped it is what you're saying basically. Uh huh. Yeah. Holy shit! Wow. Uh huh. Uh, well, today I learned. <laughs> okay, I didn't, I'm gonna look at it right now. If you guys, it's probably have, gonna. Uh, what? It's probably gonna make sense once I see it. Yeah, yeah. I think it will. Uh, if you guys have not seen some of the Sly Jones's work, you're missing out. The guy is such a unique and interesting figure in cinema, and he makes his projects are always so different from one another. This is what makes him, to me, my favorite director, um, because he's not doing things normally. He's doing things that are so interesting. And if you ever want to see great movies that are really interestingly done, watch movies made by music video directors. Yes. Gloria Sigismondi, great, great director, great director. She's done some great stuff. Uh, Mark Webb, even though the Amazing Spider-Man, the Spectacular Spider-Man movies or whatever, those other ones with Andrew Garfield in, aren't great. His take on 500 Days of Summer is amazing. Mm -hmm. He's a music video director. Um, Mark Romanek has done some amazing films. He's a music video director, primarily. Yeah. Um, I, I think that if you guys have ever seen the amazing Hella Good video, by no doubt, that's Mark Romanek. Mm. In a nutshell, just black and white, gritty, grungy, dirty, disgusting. <laughs> uh, Floria Sigismani, like I said, she's amazing. If you want to support women directors and music video directors, which you should because she's amazing. Yeah, David Slade. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, so, he directed uh, Hard Candy, but he also did a bunch of music videos for... Yeah. People like Aphex Twin, uh, Muse, Stereophonics, Tori Amos, a lot of Muse. Jesus Christ. Just don't watch Floria's new movie because it's not good. <laughs> it's called The Turning and it's not good. Ew. Yeah. Wait, what else did they direct before The Turning? It was something good, uh, wasn't it? Floria, you could watch episodes of American Gods, Handmaid's Tale, Daredevil. She's done a lot of TV. Uh, she did some episodes of Hemlock Grove. She did David, uh, some David Bowie movies mm-hmm. or music videos. She's worked with Figaro's. Oh, I love Figaro's. Katy Perry, Dead Weathers. She did the Dive by the Drop video oh. for Dead Weather, which is amazing, by the way. Interesting. The Runaways. If you've never seen yeah. The Runaways, it's an amazing movie. Yeah. Have you seen the Supermassive Black Hole video from Muse? I, oof. I feel like I did. I like or I liked the song at one point. Blue Orchid by White Stripes? Mm-mm. Megalomaniac by Incubus? No, I haven't. <laughs> These are all movies that she, or music videos that she's done. She has been doing music videos since the mid-90s, and um, she's just brilliant. 
you have you seen Tourniquet or Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson? Yes, I have. Definitely. She did both those videos. Oh, let's see. I'm trying to look up. There's this one music video director who directed the um, Bleed Like Me video for Garbage. She's oh. also yeah an amazing director. She also directed for people like Ellie Golding. Yeah, you talking about the, the Garbage video, right? Yeah, I love that. Sophie Muller. So many times. Sophie Muller? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, okay, let's see. Music video, Sophie Muller. Yeah. If you look up Sophie Muller's videography, um, she does, I think she's only ever done music videos. But she's directed yeah. music videos for literally everyone. Yeah. You've got Hole, you've got Annie Lennox. Um, One Direction. You've got Bjork again. One Direction. One Direction. One Stefani. Weezer, she did the Saint So. I love that uh, video. Cure. <laughs> yeah. No Doubt Blur. Lana Del Rey. Oh, yeah. Sparkle Horse. It's like the amazing, like, range. Like, these, Beyonce. these more obscure. Beyonce. Blur. I haven't already She did the video for Birdie Skinny Love Cover. She did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cardigan. Sarah she did the lights video for Ellie Golding. I love that. Yes, she did. I love. Well, I love the song. The video is amazing. Okay, but that song she did is do amazing. That. Oh, it that song is. is. Oh my gosh. She did use somebody by Kings of Leon. Mm-hmm. Coldplay. Oh, that song's amazing. PJ Harvey. Oh, she did this great PJ Harvey. Everybody, oh, my dude. God. Yeah, literally. Literally everyone. She did the Radio smile Head. video for Lily Allen. That's a great video. She did. She's she did the Fix You video. Fix You by Coldplay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so basically the, the Killers. Mr. Brightside? Yeah. By the Killers? What? Yeah, she's literally directed every important oh music video God. ever next to Michelle Gondry. It's like that is <laughs> some icon. I can. This Love by. Maroon 5, back when they were actually playing real music? Yep. <laughs> real music. Song 2 by Blur? Yep. Tips Don't Lie by Shakira. Oh, my God. She's she everything. wants revenge. Uh, she did These Things, which was uh, the video with the Shirley Manson cameo, which was Oh, you amazing. ain't got to tell me. I know exactly oh. which one it is. <laughs> oh, my God. She's done so all hot. this great stuff. <laughs> Holy crap. Right? So it's just like... Anything with with uh, Shirley Manson in it is hot, first of all. Yes. Because <laughs> she's a babe. I feel like Shirley Manson could, like, legit be an actress, too. She's a babe. She is a babe. Oh, my gosh. She's like a, I don't know, she's like a noir queen, kind of. Like, neo-noir, uh, spice. Thriller. She did Don't Speak by No Doubt? Are you kidding me? You want to talk yeah. about iconic music videos. She did, Holy She's done everything. Shit. She's, um... She's one of my favorite uh, music video directors of all time. She's, She's just everything. an incredible undertaking ever since the 80s. So if anyone has anything to take away from this, watch everything that Spike Jones uh, has ever had to offer. And Please. then, you know, give music video directors a chance. Because like, I, I only recently started paying attention to music video directors. And now I'm always looking at like, music videos, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Who directed this? You know, I need to keep an eye on this person. 
because so many music video directors have brought, not only are they kind of shaping pop culture itself, but um, a lot of them make that transition, like Spike, um, into making really great films. So, yeah. They, they can out. even make, you never know, a music video director can make the next film that changes your life. Look at me. Exactly. I was already almost 30 years old when her came out. Well, I was late 20s. <laughs> Oh, no. Ah. Um, I was like 25 when that movie came out, and it changed my damn life at 25 years old. Yeah. You got to have movies like that. Because they're hard to find. They're kind of hard to find. They really are. And I think that it's so important that that we as a society, we people have those movies that we can look at and say, man, I never thought that that would be something that could change my life, but it does. And and, and it comes down to storytelling, I think. Mm -hmm. It always does. And, Pretty much. And, and and people can talk about how good or bad a movie looks, but at the end of the day, if it doesn't hit you in the right places, the mm-hmm. movie's never going to stick with you. That is why this uh, her seven years later, still eight years mm-hmm. later, still sticks with me. Like the, I can remember every scene in that movie from the first time I saw it, and I've seen it several times since then. But I it just hits me. Ooh. Every wait, time. can I can I test you on your her knowledge? You can. Okay, so I have two questions. What is the first line of her? It's Dear Catherine. What's the last line? I don't remember. I think it's I love you. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> the first line is dear, it, the first line is Dear Catherine. She goes he goes like he's writing a letter. It says or to my to my uh it's actually to my uh those are the first words because he's writing a letter for a, a husband from a wife. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's like to my something, and yeah, I'm not good with remembering the characters in the movie. <laughs> Lines I are never my thing. Still remember more that's than I thing. did. Lines are never my thing. That's kind of my thing now. Uh, you know, what's Ooh. funny. Scarlett Johansson was not the first choice for Samantha. People don't know that. Was it supposed to be someone whose name is Emily? Uh, no, it was supposed to be uh, Samantha. It was supposed to originally be oh, played Samantha by... Oh, Samantha Morton? Samantha Morton. That's why she's called Samantha, yeah. Oh, I always get her mixed up with... Uh, what's her name? Emily Mortimer? I'm, yeah, I can see uh, why. They're both British, but, you know, they look very different. One of them is in Control. The other one is not. Yes. <laughs> I love Control. It's about If you guys haven't seen Control, it's about uh, Ian Curtis, the lead singer and uh, creative force behind Joy Division. Yeah, I started watching that one. It's just a fantastic movie. Black and white, uh, directed by another music video director. Oh, shit. Yeah, you didn't know that, did you? Nope. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense, direct- though. It's directed by Anton Corbin. Interesting. The music video director, and a brilliant one, too. Hmm. Um, black and white is a choice, ladies and gentlemen. Black and white is a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. People see black and white movies and they just don't want to see them. I don't understand that. Um, they're uneducated. <laughs> Straight up. Ah, here it is. To my Chris, I've been thinking how I could possibly tell you how much you mean to me. I remember when we first started to fall in love with you like it was last night. That yeah. is the first line of her. <laughs> maybe, I, like, now that I'm, like, in the relationship thing, maybe yeah. now I should see it and it'll hit different. Oh, I wonder if that, that'll happen. It will. You're going to get oh, boy. by a ton of bricks. 
And it's so funny because it's like, I'm definitely softer these days. I don't the, like the, it. <laughs> the last line, I was right. The last line starts with Dear Catherine because he's writing to his ex-wife. And it start, mm-hmm. it, the end of it says, Your friend to the end loves Theodore. Send. Oh. I was fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey. It starts with a letter and it ends with a letter. That's, that's how the movie is structured. There you go. Ah, framing yeah. device. Think about it. And then in the middle, there's a bunch of those as well. Chris Pratt is in that movie. People don't remember yeah. that Chris Pratt is in her. He just pops up out of nowhere sometimes in, like, movies. Yeah. I remember when I was watching Wanted, and then all of a sudden, he started fucking someone on a counter. It was like, oh. I, didn't, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> You're like, what the hell's going on here? This is weird. Yeah. He's a good actor, though. He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> He's all right. He, I think he was... You know, at his peak, you know, around Parks and Recreation and then before I that. Just, I got to give him credit. Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the better Marvel movies, and it's it's fun. It's a fun time. Okay, I have a controversial opinion. I think the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are overrated and boring. Uh, I, don't, I, I disagree with you. And here's the thing. Normally, when it comes to Marvel, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but, at the uh, same time, like, I will agree that Guardians of the Galaxy are some of the better, uh, what do you even call this age of Marvel? Like They're called superhero it... movies. No, I mean like this era. Is it like the golden age of Marvel superhero movies or something? I guess so, yeah. It's like post Not just the evolution of the superhero movie? I don't know. How I think about it is it's like post Spider-Man Sam Raimi movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, blandly, but I don't know. I guess some people Which, would say this is, like, the golden age of Marvel. Yeah, so that would be it. in that respect, I think the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are not the worst. Yeah. Um, but I it's just funny. We talked about that on the last episode, actually. We talked about that in the last episode, Sam Raimi Spider-Man. So if you want to hear about that, oh check out episode, previous episode. And, I yeah. actually uh, just marathoned the first and second Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, and it's, like, they're, they're so enjoyable. I love them so much. They're so good. They are good. Oh, God. They're really good. Yeah. They are really good. I bumped um, up their IMDb scores. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, like when I was 12, I was just like, eh, six. And now I'm like, no, y'all get seven. You're passing. Her doesn't need the help. It has a, currently an eight on, on uh, IMDb. Do you know how hard it is to get an eight? On IMDb. Very hard. Especially for, like, you know, movies like her that kind of deviate from mainstream Hollywood filmmaking. Those usually get, like, a 7.6, 6.6 kind of yeah. deal. Well, it has a it has a 8, uh, and that's after 521,342 reviews. Metacritic Ooh. score of 90. I hate Metacritic. <laughs> Who gave it lower than a 90? Somebody's getting punched in the face. Who is it? I'm going to look this up. I I'm calling you out. Yeah. Metacritic is a bunch out. of um, fluff writers. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they either, they like, they go easy on movies. And they only say movies are bad when everyone else says they're bad. First of all, we're going to, I already found the first person I had to fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So the lowest the lowest score on here is a forty by Stephanie Zacharek of The Village Voice. Ooh, shout out! Whatever. San Francisco Chronicle, Mick LaSalle. Oh 
The Times, Pickening, Mike Scott, The Guardians, Peter Bradshaw. We're going to fight all three of you because you gave it a 60 or less. Hey, guys, why don't you come on the podcast? We can talk about it. We're not going to talk about this. <laughs> We're going to box. We're going to have a fucking gonna... boxing match. Oh, shit. You can box? Uh, can you bring a man up, down? Probably more than them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay money to see that. I don't like. We are oh going to fight because this Imagine is ridiculous. If, like, there's a thing where, like, film critics literally, like, wrestled each other. I'd love that. I feel like that already exists, but it should How be How is this a 60 review? Thing. I'm going to give you the snippet. Even a flawed Spike Jones film is a thing of beauty in its own way, and he, even the uneven but admirable her is a journey worth taking. But yes. it's a 60? Oh, interesting. Maybe the they were story. thinking in terms, like, like, 60, like a 6 out of 10 for them. Which is, this is interesting. The story is too I was... slender for its two-hour runtime. The pace is lugubrious, and though everyone in front and behind the camera were depressed, <gasps> the biggest obstacle is the protagonist, who is almost without definition. What are you talking without about? Without definition? So they're basically calling him a blank slate? Which he definitely is not. What are you talking about? I can definitely read his character. I think... I don't know. Everyone gets out of it what they get out of it. Instead of being desperately heartfelt, her keeps reminding us through cinematographer Hoyt von Hoyt and Stomberg's old camera work, through Phoenix's artfully slumped shoulders, how desperately heartfelt it is. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, well. What, what sort of drugs do they feed these people? Coke. I need to have <laughs> some of that. That's Feed. Okay. <laughs> The, the critic's choice of drug. The big cocaine, you know what I mean? Yeah, the the big cocaina. I need the big cocaina. Cocaina. The big cocaine. Cocaina. <laughs> I need it. Anyway, so thank you, everybody, for this amazing episode once again of our podcast. We do our thing. Uh, shout out to Charmaine Callum, our $5 Patreon subscriber. If you want to join our Patreon, and help us make this thing go faster and be better and be uh, just a better overall product, uh, you can do that now. Patreon.com slash Film Snob Reviews. We've got five different tiers, uh, depending on what kind of director you really want to be. Uh, <laughs> you can be. You can be a $1 patron and uh, a Bowl or a $100 patron, and that's David Lean. Which one do you want to be? <laughs> Uwe Bowl. <laughs> Uwe Bowl, one of the best directors of our lifetime. Oh, oh my God. Uh, Blood Rain? Yeah. Alone in the Dark is a cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. Amazing. Stoic is absolute gorgeous cinematography. I, <laughs> I was actually uh, considering wanna... watching Stoic one okay. time. It's, there's, there's, a man literally gets fucked by a broomstick, on, and he, but not on purpose. But not on purpose? So what, he sits on it? No, no, they shove it up his ass. Okay, that's what I figured. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. He, he gets sodomized by a broomstick. All right. Uh, don't see they that. go all 13 reasons why on him. Yeah, except you see this broomstick go right up his culito. Don't see Literally? This. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, now I have to. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, but it's also a terrible movie on top of it. Um, okay. It's so boring. I probably fall asleep before that even happens. Anyway, uh... Don't see that movie, but definitely check out some of the ones we talked about today, especially her and Adaptation, which is brilliant. Uh, Adaptation is available on Amazon Prime. Her is available on Netflix right now. 
check that out. Page, check out our Patreon. Also, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Check out the website at Film Snob Reviews. Anywhere you want to check us out. Um, I have my own personal Twitter now. It's at Will Agiathabal. Hey. Check it out. Uh, where can they find you? See if they want to follow you. You can find me on Instagram mostly, um, at RedShoes99. Um, please ask me why that is my handle. I will definitely answer all of your queries and questions and give you horrible movie recommendations. And I'm also a freelancer on the side. So if you ever need any art, I can literally do anything digital. Um, so if you want to check I mean, out my art Instagram, my portfolio, whatever, just for funsies, that's red shoes underscore art blues. And that is me. And if you really want a sample of her work, look at any of the thumbnails of this of this podcast. She does yes. all of them herself. And they're all yes, I do. effing amazing. Oh, uh, thank you. She does such good work. Uh, check it out. Uh, also, don't. Uh, she has a Facebook, but don't follow her there. Don't follow me on Facebook. The end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys once again for listening to us here at the Snobcast. Uh, I guess we'll, uh, you know. Get at them. Bye. Bye. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was uh, fun. That was that fun. Was I love Spike Jones. Oh. <laughs> I love Me Spike so much. <laughs> that I was talk about her. Cast. I could do a podcast where I just talk about her for an hour and a half. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I think of all the times we've talked about her, it's probably computed to around six hours now. Yeah, about six to seven <laughs> hours, yeah. I just love yeah. that movie so much. It's just so good. Um, How many screeners did you send me? Two? I, 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 sent, you, okay. I, I sent you one of a really, really, uh, a movie I've heard really good things about though, so. Yay, do I finally get a good movie? <laughs> it's called Yes, God, Yes. Okay. It's about a woman <laughs> who's... It's about a teenage girl who's fighting the temptation to have sex with people. That sounds hard. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. <laughs> My brain is dead right now. Sounds no, like I get me. It. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like... I was gonna say you're not a Christian woman, and you have an you have an available partner. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. All right, dude. Um, yeah, I'll get on those this week. Please and have thank you. Uh, oh, the passion review. Oh yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like you. Were doing- <laughs> I read it. It was so good. I was like, oh my Ooh. god, she just. She just put this thing in the oven at 365 and baked it. Oh, my God. God. I'm glad you like it. I I watched this movie last night. That was fucking awful. You watched it? I watched a movie last night that was fucking awful. And it was called Infamous. And and I wrote it. It was so bad I had to write a note. Oh, my God. Examines the nature of social media insta-fame, but not nearly as well as similarly themed films like Nerve, a millennial Bonnie and Clyde of sorts, one that uh-huh. stumbles and bumbles to a conclusion that you see coming from the second the film rolls. Damn. It sounds familiar, actually. Uh, it has, what's, what's that slutty girl's name? The red-headed one. Slutty girl? Oh, Bella Thorne. That's it. Love Damn. that you knew that. Slutty <laughs> <laughs> red-headed girl from Instagram. Bella Thorne. That makes sense. <laughs> Bella Thorne is in this movie, and she can't act. Oh, God. Every <laughs> movie that Bella Thorne touches 
is uh, shite. Basically, you know, lifetime levels of amazing. Shite. After seeing what Beanie Feldstein did with How to Build a Girl, it's going to be hard to compare. Oh. Wait, okay. I think I looked at the review, but I forgot what grade you gave it. I think it's a B plus. Okay, good. It's pretty much what I expected. I still want to see it because I love Beanie. It's great. It's yeah. great. Beanie's amazing. I think she's gorgeous. I love her. Yes, absolutely. All right, I got to skedaddle. She bet she's a lesbian. <laughs> okay. Possible. No, she's a lesbian. It's, a, it's, it's all good. I, I, I've i learned to, you know, <laughs> deal with it. I'm just going to accept it. You're going to deal with it? <laughs> I'll leave you to mourn. <laughs> Sorry for your yeah. loss. I'll just mourn them big-ass titties. <laughs> <laughs> big titty goth girlfriend. She does. She does have a big I know. All right. I'll, uh, I'll talk Later, to bro. You I'm going to look up your you. shit. I'll edit your reviews as soon as you finish them. Yeah. Okay. Because there is no what it is section for Ode to Passion, and the other one doesn't seem complete yet. There isn't? I forgot it? Oh, my gosh. All right. Guest of Honor that. doesn't seem complete. Is Guest of Honor complete? Huh? Guest of Guess Honor? Guest of Honor done? Um, I still need to look it over because I was really tired when I did it. And then right. you could tell Ode to Passion's story is so bad because I completely even forgot what that I that I didn't even write the plot down because there I love like, the comparisons to uh, the last five years. Did you see that movie? I didn't, but um, I had I friends did. who saw it, told me exactly what it was, and I was like, okay, I know exactly who, what kind of film I it did. is. I did, and, what and that is a completely accurate description. And I think we actually reviewed it, so I'll link uh, my review of that movie to your review of the past. Nice. Also, the opening song "Still Hurting" is uh, beautiful. If you haven't heard it, please well, listen to Anna Kendrick sing it. Oh, yeah. I think I did listen to the soundtrack once, but it was like long, a long yeah. time ago. Because I, lo- I love Anna Kendrick and her voice. Yeah, she may- she'll make you cry in that one. She's really good. Um, so do that. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I'll wait for you. The other two, I-, I sent you those two reviews. Just find them. Or two movies, just find them. They're due now because the Yes God Yes finally came out. So uh, Okay. Yeah. All right. Get on. Um, okay. Get to work. All right, boss. Okay. Lazy ass bum. All right. I'll see you Talk around. You with your, your bullshit, lazy ass bum. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, send me the uh, thumbnail for this when you're done. I thought I did. Did you already send it? The world where the wild things are. Oh, thumbnail? you did. It's amazing. I remember seeing it. Oh. Yeah. I showed it to somebody and they thought it was the the, the cutest fucking thing. Yay. Okay. They were like, awesome. Oh my god, that's adorable. All right, later. Do your part. Bye. Go make some money. Okay. Bye. Bye.